Jamie McBride of OptiBPO. There are many strategies for outsourcing. Just fill us in on what are the common types. Yeah, hi, Wayne. Look, yeah, there's there's uh, three main strategies that we like to think about with our clients. The, the, the first strategy is the easy one. I think most of us understand pretty well. It's, it's the like-for-like like strategy. Taking an activity that you're doing onshore that could be in a person or a team, doing that same activity elsewhere, um, cheaper and better offshore. So that's the like-for-like like strategy. Um, strategy number two is the transformation of process. So changing the way we do things, changing the way that we interface with our customers to push some of that activity off to that offshore layer. So changing the way we do things to be successful uh, is strategy number two. Uh, strategy number three is enhanced services. So thinking about what are the things that we can't justify doing onshore, but we could do more of offshore or we could start to do uh, offshore. So when we work with our clients and we think about the key strategies for their offshoring initiatives, they're the, they're the three main ones that we work through. With your clients, you're working with their, their onshore processes to make their offshoring successful. Is that the, the basic model? Yeah, look, a, a key prerequisite for offshoring is making sure we've got a good, strong process baseline. Uh, there's no point, uh, to use a football analogy, um, throwing the hospital pass over the fence and expecting someone to catch it. Uh, we need to make sure that we've got a strong process baseline. Uh, it is a critical requirement. It's something, though, that can be addressed quickly. It shouldn't be a showstopper, uh, and it's something that we often work through with our clients rapidly to get them offshore ready. Now, Jamie, one of the things I received uh, ready to talk to you was a value map, and it's an OptiBPO value map, and this takes complex information about a business and presents it very simply. Do you want to talk us through it? Yeah, and, and look, we can share an example with your audience as well, Wayne. Look, one of the things with our clients is that they often have an idea about where they can start, but they don't really think about the full breadth of opportunity. Um, the idea of the value map was to think about the organisation, think about how it creates value, and then think about all the different areas where offshoring can support you. We went through all of the different roles, the hundreds and hundreds of roles that we have offshored, and we had a look at them and we mapped them against the value map. The value map looks at, well, how do we generate revenue uh, through through sales, um, um, through uh, customer account management, through how do we manage margin, um, you know, managing that customer service piece, managing cost control, uh, then the balance sheet, how do we manage working capital? We looked across that whole spectrum and, and thought about well, what are the different roles. And, and the interesting thing for us is that uh, offering is no longer just back office, repetitive, low-level tasks. Um, we have people right across that value spectrum from front-end customer interface through to back-end processing, through to HR support, through to technology enablement. Uh, so the idea was to help clients open their mind as to some of the key areas where they could maybe uh, drive the most benefit in their business. Has that gone down well with customers? Because looking at it myself, it did make what I thought of as a big complex area pretty simple to, to conceptualise. Yeah, and, 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 and you know, as we sat down with, with clients and we do talk through the different parts of the value chain, it is interesting some of the conversations that, that, that come up. You know, for example, if we, if we start on the left um, where we talk about revenue generation, uh, there's some clients that are doing some pretty interesting things in that space. Um, if, if you look back to remind myself about those three strategies I was talking about, if we talk about uh, the, the second strategy, which was transforming processes, 
Uh, what a lot of our clients are doing in the sales space is saying, well, we've got these highly paid salespeople onshore whose job it is to have face-to-face contact with the customer. How can we change those processes so they can have more face-to-face contact but push off some of the administration piece and all those things that salespeople are generally not that good at? Uh, we have some clients that are now doing this where a salesperson will go to a sales call, they'll finish it, they'll come out, they'll get on their phone, they'll say, I've met Joe Bloggs, he wants me to follow up in three months, he wants 58 widgets, and he also wants a quote on X. Um, he'll send that to his team in the Philippines, he'll transcribe it, put it into the CRM, monitor the follow-ups, and in many cases, even do the follow-ups. Um, I was just with a client actually in the US, and, and they said they actually decided to take it one step further, and told this their, their offshore team that they could make some of the follow-up calls. And the interesting thing was, all of a sudden, the offshore team started making direct sales, uh, which, which was unheard of. So um, I think it's, it's about thinking about some of these these, these new opportunities that, that are pretty important. And does it extend to things like lead generation, Jamie? Yeah, look, that's, that's an example of that third strategy I was talking about. Uh, a Wayne, which is in enhanced services. Um, we, we all know that there's lots of leads out there for all of our businesses, and how do we make, make the most of them? Uh, in the um, in industrial products and engineering space, we have a lot of clients that review things such as tender databases to collect a whole lot of that initial information to help them make the decision about what leads are best to go through. Uh, we all know there's a whole lot out there, and we, we all know we miss a whole lot, but getting it into the filter, putting it through a process, um, really important. And, and we've had a number of clients that have built up teams um, that, that support that whole front end piece from the lead generation to estimating to quoting. Um, and, and as one client said to us, and, and I think we all know this in our business, that often those that win the work are those that show the most urgency to get there. So being able to identify an opportunity and respond to it rapidly means we're often on top of the pile when it comes to having that conversation with a potential customer or client. And what other areas have you found that clients are interested in when they look at the value map? Yeah, look, and and because you know a lot of our clients do start in those accounting and finance areas, which I'll which I'll talk about in a second. But it's then also coming back to areas such as customer service. A lot of clients are reticent to um, disrupt the customer interface. They often tell us about their concerns about an offshore team contacting their customers. Um, however, a lot of them might start saying order processing, where the person is more of a order taker, uh, but then again, over time, if I look at this US customer as an example, where they said to me, well, they realized that their team was highly capable and they were able to move up market. Uh, and that's a really interesting thing for me that getting clients' minds out of the idea that offshoring is about low-level work, um, you definitely can move it up up the value stream um, over time. Once you get confidence, you build a team and you extend from there. Um, there's no reason why there's not a whole lot of activities you can do. And you said you'd talk about accounting and finance for us. Yeah, well, accounting and finance is always a, is a really core cool area. And, and again, it's, um, people go, well, accounts payable, um, pretty straightforward processing invoices, uh, easy candidate. You know, someone costs 65000 in Australia, they cost 40000 US in, in, in New Jersey and New York. Yeah, they'll cost 20, £25,000 in the UK. Uh, pretty easy to offshore that with a big 70% saving to, to the Philippines, um, which is an important part of that story. However, the, the bigger part for us often is 
we're thinking about what's after that. Um, we have clients that have um, the financial controller consolidating multiple countries. We have a treasury analyst that does cash flow projections across 19 countries. Uh, these things are definitely moving up market now. It's you know, that, that, that the ability to, to transfer this knowledge work uh, is becoming easier by the month uh, and the capability is improving as well uh, by the month. So there's a whole lot of these high value activities that traditionally you would have said, that's uh, which we're seeing a number of our clients now embrace. Yeah, it's, it's always interesting to me how much can be outsourced. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure there are many things that you can't actually do remotely if you put your mind to it. Yeah, well, look, even, even ourselves, drinking our own medicine, which is, uh, which is pretty important. Clients ask us how much do we outsource ourselves and, and a lot. We did process work. We did procedural development. Um, we've just hired a marketing director. We made the decision uh, a few months ago. We wanted a global head of marketing and we didn't care where they were located. Um, they were in New York, whether they were in London, whether they were in Sydney. We just wanted the right person for the role. Uh, and we wanted a senior person that was strategic and focused on uh, our business, which is professional services. Uh, and, and we thought to ourselves, well, let's try the Philippines. Let's try um, drink our own medicine. And to be honest, we thought to ourselves, this could be a bit of a struggle. We want someone that's got a senior marketing exposure working for Western businesses. Uh, we now have a lady who's joined us, uh, you know, 15 to 20 years experience, having worked only for Western businesses. Um, in professional services uh, with, with, a, with a resume um, that, that is that's fantastic. Uh, it was a little bit of a surprise to ourselves, even though we do this every day, but they're the sort of activities and sort of roles that you can definitely see uh, moving up upstream. There is a, um, a huge pool of very highly talented and experienced labour in the Philippines. Yeah, there is. Look, in, in some respects, I feel sorry um, for some of these Filipino businesses because you're hiring people, um, you know, 10 years ago, you were hiring someone uh, from a Filipino business, having to train them on how Western businesses are run. Uh, now you're hiring Filipinos that have spent their whole career working for Western businesses. Um, they understand our colloquialisms, which is important when I'm speaking. Uh, they understand the way that we operate and they understand uh, the way that we do things. And, and so being able to get that experience in Calibre uh, is, is, as I said, been improving vastly over the last couple of years. Jamie McBride, it's been a pleasure having you with us again. Excellent, Wayne. Thank you for having me.